From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. Today is the opening for the much-anticipated David Bowie Is exhibit at the Brooklyn Museum. To manage what are expected to be huge crowds, there will be time tickets, and the museum will charge non-members between $20 and $2,500. Kind of depends on the experience you're looking for. But if you need your Bowie fix cheaper, even free, Spotify is another option. And the online streaming service also made its own landing in New York this week. The world's biggest music streaming service is now hoping to turn a profit. Spotify's move to start trading its shares publicly on the New York Stock Exchange. Embracing its status as an industry disruptor, Spotify's breaking with convention and opting to launch its IPO without the help of an investment bank. The music streaming service is growing, it's signing up more people, but it's still losing money. So what does the future of Spotify mean for all of us who stream music and for the music industry? Well, to talk about this is Ben Cesario. He covers the music industry for The New York Times. Ben, good morning. Good morning. So Spotify, it's a step closer to selling these shares publicly. What does this moment say to you about streaming music and the music industry in general? It means that streaming is ready for prime time. This has been the new format that's been bubbling up for close to a decade now. And the fact that Spotify, which has championed this model and kind of forced Apple to get into it, the fact that they're selling shares on the New York Stock Exchange means that it's really ready for the big time and investors and Wall Street is going to be taking a hard look at it. But Spotify is doing something different. They're doing what's called a direct listing. What exactly is that and and why are they going this route? It's weird. Um, Usually when a company goes public, they issue new shares for the purpose of raising money. Spotify is not doing that. What they're doing is a direct listing, which means they just take their existing shares and allow people to trade them. And these are existing shares that that, the people who already work their own that they have. And they're investors that, that they already have. Why they're doing it, they haven't exactly said. It's not clear. Usually when a company does this, it's to raise a lot of money so they have money in the bank to do things. But as you said, Spotify is losing money. It's been losing money since it started. But they're also growing really, really fast, so they have enough cash flow to just keep it going. One reason they might be doing this is just to maintain control, a huge amount of control over the business. The two founders, together they have about 80% of the voting power of the company. Normally in an IPO, the founders would lose a lot of that power. This way they control it. I wonder if down the road it means that if they sell the company to a Google or a Facebook or an Apple or an Amazon, it's an even bigger payday for them. But that's just kind of my guess. Well, we've seen a lot of music streaming services, I can think of Tidal right now, for example, that have really kind of struggled to catch on. And as you talked about, Spotify is losing money. So what does that say about the future of streaming music? Well, this is kind of the reality distortion field of all internet businesses (laughs) that, you know, they're growing and they're huge and they're so popular, but... They lose money. Yeah, we're not making money yet, but just hold on, you know. And that was basically Spotify's mantra at the very beginning was once we get to quote unquote scale, things will start to work out. They're pretty much at scale. I mean, that's what going public means. 150, 160 million uh, listeners, yes? Yes, I think that what might happen is gradually as they've gotten bigger, they've negotiated slightly better licensing deals with the record companies. That's Spotify's biggest expense by far. So if they're able to pay a little bit less for the money that they stream and they come up with new products to get people to sign up, their margins will increase and they could make money in the future. But it's way down the line, I think, at this point. So you talked about those licensing fees. So that implies somebody's making some money in all of this. I mean, is it the record labels? Is it the Absolutely. studios? 
The record companies are making a fortune off of this. Um, streaming has single-handedly turned around the fortunes of the record industry, which was cratering for more than a decade. The record labels now make somewhere around two-thirds of their income from streaming, and for the first time in years, it's growing. And that's having crazy effects on the uh, valuations of the record companies, on song catalogs. And in fact, Sony Music um, is one of the largest shareholders in Spotify. One of the things that was revealed by their prospectus this week is that Sony Music owns about 5-6% of the company. The other big labels also own shares, but they're smaller and they weren't disclosed. So if the record companies are doing well, what about the actual artists? Uh, I mean, we've seen instances of really famous artists like uh, Taylor Swift or Beyonce or Garth Brooks not letting their music go to Spotify or other streaming services, trying to exert some degree of control. What does it say about how musicians are doing? That's the billion-dollar question. There's a lot of skepticism, as you said, from the level of Taylor Swift down to artists that are kind of on more marginal genres, jazz, you know, indie singer-songwriters, who see that the economic model of streaming is a lot harder for them than the old model of the music industry, which was a lot simpler about you sell a record and you get a piece of the, uh, of the money. In streaming, it's a lot different where there's a huge pool of money that's basically divided by the most popular artists. So if you're Drake or you're Kendrick Lamar or you're Ed Sheeran, you're making a lot of money. The reason people like Taylor Swift and Adele have boycotted it to some extent is that they're so popular that they can make even more money if they hold out for a little bit. That's a slightly different dynamic. But for, I think, the vast majority of artists, they see how beneficial it can be that uh, a song can really take off on streaming. This is kind of the new way that hits are made, that stars are made. But they haven't quite seen the huge paydays from it. So a true confession here. I mean, I listen to Spotify, but I'm not actually a member of it. I listen to the free service. There's the occasional ad. I'm wondering, should I feel guilty at all that I'm listening to someone's song and they're not actually getting paid for it? You can be guilt-free about it. That's part of the offering is that you can listen for free and get ads, which generates money. Or you can pay and get some more perks like you can listen offline. There's some other things that go along with it. Part of Spotify's original pitch to the music industry was you're getting killed by piracy. All of these kids that don't want to spend 99 cents on a song at iTunes, they're just going to pirate sites and listening. This is a way for you to monetize even all those people who don't feel like paying for the album. About 10% of Spotify's revenue comes from that advertising. And that's actually a huge amount of money. Last year, Spotify generated $5 billion wow. in revenue. So, you know, half a billion of that is coming from that advertising. So I'm sure the record companies would be much happier if you forked over $10 a month, but they're not unhappy with you if you're just listening to the ads. To get back to where I started this conversation, David Bowie, what's your favorite song? Changes. Ben Cesario covers the music industry for the New York Times. Ben, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm Charlie Herman, and this is Money Talking from WNYC. WNYC.